welcome back to another episode of In Depth. My name is Luke Hardacre and I'm a surf coach at Ombi. If you're new to Ombi, we take a look at surfing from the perspective of ocean, mind, body and equipment. This podcast, it's all about straight to the point tips, ways you can improve your surfing or ways that you can change the view that you see your surfing in or gaining a deeper understanding of surfing so that you can improve. And this week, I want to talk to something, talk to you about something that a lot of people struggle with, and that's surfing bad conditions. A lot of people don't want to surf them because it's not perfect for them. But I want to get into why you should do it more often, how it can improve your surfing, what it says about your surfing, and how to enjoy it more and not worry about that it's not perfect or it's not this or it's not that. But before we get into this week, I just wanted to kind of address a couple of things going on in the world and I think most people are aware but what's going on in Ukraine is just devastating and horrific to watch. What's also happening in, in Australia, uh, myself just flying in before these floods is also devastating but on a much different scale. It's so wonderful to see the Australian community supporting each other, coming out, helping knocking on people's doors it's yeah it's it's been devastating these are all little communities that they are little coastal towns a lot of them are surf some of them are 30 minutes inland it's it's heartbreaking to watch this these are communities that i've spent a lot of my life teenage years young adult life and now driving through visiting surfing seeing friends um yeah it's it's horrible but if this is you or if you ever want to help uh, all you need to do is these people are just in desperate need of anyone who can help clean supplies, anything like that. There's a lot of services out there uh, who are helping these people. So I won't say what to do or where to go because it's updating all the time and it's hard knowing when someone's going to listen to this. But yeah, if you do want to reach out, there's plenty of ways. Otherwise, if you are affected and if there's anything on B or people in the team can do to help you, we will gladly help in whatever way and sometimes it's just cleaning supplies or just bringing a bit of fun so if that is you don't feel afraid to sing out to anyone or even us it's a time of unity and community and people coming together to help so i just wanted to address those things although i'm not i don't feel that i'm the number one person you should be getting the information from this there's a whole host of systems up in place now updating people about the floods, what to do, where to care, where to send support. So quick searches for those should come up with the most up-to-date information. And there's quite a bit of housekeeping this week. So hopefully this intro is not too long, but there's been some new changes to Ombi. We've launched the Ombi community platform, which is now housing all of our training programs in there as well. It's fostering the community features. You can meet other surfers near you so you can find who's close to you based on locations. There's group forums, there's chat, there's pretty much like Facebook, but adding in everything else without the need of having to have Facebook. That's something that we all really didn't like. A lot of us, I personally want to step away from Facebook. And this allows for people who don't want that to then actively jump into the Ombi training programs or the Ombi community without having to scroll through whatever else you see on Facebook or wherever else you go. 
So that's really exciting because everything will just be in one place now. Uh, obviously, we'll still have YouTube and Instagram and other platforms. But in terms of consuming the Ombi training programs, the free content and interacting with the Ombi team, the community, everything's now housed in one place and it's it's great. So that's now live. You can go to om- community.ombi.co. You can sign up. This is a whole new fresh system. So I wasn't able to transfer everyone's accounts and create them for them strictly for the fact that I don't have people's passwords and things like that for security reasons. I didn't want to do that. So if you're an existing member, jump in through there. If you don't have all your programs, do send through an email to info@onbe.co and just let me know and we will transfer everything up and make sure that whatever you've paid for previously, whatever training programs you've got, you've got them there. And then we have a learner program coming out in three days or two days. Time of recording is the 8th. So this will come out on the 9th. The learner program comes out on the 10th. So this is all for those who either want to learn to surf or those who are beginners and are struggling to develop the fundamentals. It's meant to train you through up to the point where you can start learning to turn, that you can improve your pop-up, improve your wave knowledge, reading the ocean, everything like that. It's an amazing course. The guys have spent a ton of time on it. We're still going to be doing the 12-week program. We're going to be making improvements to that, improvements to the Learn to Surf one. And both of those, we're going to introduce more feedback loops for the community where we spend more time with the coaches. And then we've also introduced a subscription project, which is completely new, where we're going to introduce monthly training, which we already have. We've started working on a lot of people's problems with the pop-up and taking off on waves. And we're trying to apply a monthly training system where we have new training every month. And it allows us to create training and programs on the fly based on community feedback, based on what you guys vote to have. And then we can just create this stuff quicker rather than trying to fine tune programs every week. So that's called 1% Better. And the idea is that we're just going to be focusing on trying to be 1% better every surf. That's it. So there's a lot more to that. I'm giving this short and sweet. But I will... You can head to ombi.co in the top banner. There's where to start with Ombi as well now. So if you're not sure which program's for you, things like that, you can get there. But anyway, this has been seven minutes of introduction. I just want to get into this week's episode because I haven't recorded one of these for a couple of weeks. So thank you again, allowing me to do the pre-recorded ones. And now I'm back into the flow. Let's actually jump into this week's episode, which I love this title. This is, this, this is a great story, but you're only as good as you surf bad conditions. So I want to start this one with a question. Would you rather surf bad waves well or good waves bad? I want you to think about that one. Would you rather surf bad waves well or good waves bad? Whichever way you've just think it, thought about that one and you've answered it, keep thinking about it for a bit. Do you want to change the answer? So let me break this down for you. If you surf good waves bad, how good is your surfing? If you surf bad waves well, what would you expect of your surfing? This is a trick question on purpose. Most people will jump down the idea of always surfing good waves without thinking about this too much. 
And this is where the average surfer, especially beginner surfers, can fall into this idea or trap of only surfing when the conditions are good. And the way I want you to interpret this is they only surf when the conditions line up for them, their ability and their comfort level. You may be saying, so what's wrong with that? But break it down and say those conditions are knee to waist high, perfect and gentle point break waves that don't close out. You're now severely limiting the time you're going to surf. But more importantly, you're destroying your motivation to surf. You're saying it has to be this or I don't surf. I get it. I understand big and messy can be off-putting. And I'm not advocating to say go out and surf overhead mess from only surfing one foot. I'm saying you need to learn to surf multiple conditions. Size is a different situation. Bringing it back to the original statement of good waves and bad waves, the harsh reality is you're only as good as how well you surf bad conditions. If you say that you surf bad conditions and you come back in and you say, the surf's crap, if the waves were perfect, then I'd rip. You're just making excuses. And here's the thing about excuses. They're only justified to you and to other people who make the same excuses. Those excuses will sound off to someone else who goes out and says the waist high messy surf looks fun. And sometimes you might notice that and feel, well, I'm just not as good as a surfer or I'm not this, but that's not the point of what I'm trying to make. It's not about making you feel bad about your surfing attitude. It's about establishing the harsh reality. There's a plus side to this. We can use this to improve our surfing, but also how often we surf and how much fun we get every session. So isn't that something we all want? To better understand this, we can take a look at a student I was, co I was surf coaching a while back. It was one foot swell, an empty lineup, onshore, doubling up, rainy and cold miserable conditions. And when I say cold, I'm talking England cold, not in the middle of winter, but you're in a thick wetsuit. It's not fun. So they turned and looked at me in utter frustration and said, this sucks. The waves suck. If the waves were clean, then I could actually practice things. So I just looked at them and expressed to them, you're only as good as how well you surf bad conditions. And eventually they changed the way they saw the surf and thought, I can't keep making excuses. After another 15 minutes, they paddled over and said, this sucks because I don't know where to sit. I can't read the waves. This, this became a massive light bulb moment for them to instantly realize what one of the major things holding back their surfing was. Could you imagine for yourself to quickly connect with that? And yes, every time, not everyone's going to have a surf coach there with them, but the ability to quickly understand Here's a clear identification of something that's holding me back. That is powerful for improving your surfing. So I want to talk to you about why you should surf bad conditions. And the plain and simple of it is, the benefit of surfing in bad conditions and struggling is not that it can suck, not that it can be not that fun. It's that it's going to highlight issues in your surfing. It's telling you loud and clear what you probably need to work on the most. If you can't catch waves in bad conditions, you most likely need to work on positioning, 
and reading the ocean, more so than actually catching them. If you can't predict where it will stand up and where you need to be, then you can never attempt to catch it. If you have no issue catching waves, then how about finding sections and speed? This then connects to your bottom turns. You may be sitting here listening, thinking, yeah, cool, but how do I actually know what to work on? If I can't catch a wave, surely I just work on catching waves, right? But here's the thing, your complaints and your frustrations are symptoms of the issues in your surfing. They're highlighting the lack of ability or imperfections in technique or the stress you're bringing into your surfing. The challenge is for you to take a step back, identify what the struggle is and what part of your surfing would solve that. Not what's the problem, I can't catch a wave, identify that that's a symptom and think, if I could do this, then I could catch a wave. That's the difference. That's what we need to do, which is obviously not always so straightforward and easy, but thinking about that over time and you'll come to a conclusion and get something to work on. So going back to the student that I was coaching at the start of this podcast and being confronted with this inability to find where to sit in the ocean and find waves, we spent the rest of the session observing the treasure map, reading the waves, and they found by simply slowing down, watching more, observing how the waves break, they could place themselves in the right place more often and actually start finding waves. So now everything becomes a win for something that was suddenly challenging. Their perspective on this whole session and surf was just to work on one thing. And now that becomes fun. And now they're working on something that will change their surfing rather than this feeling of constantly fighting. And that's what this week is all about is finding those little things that you can work on, what the bad conditions work on, will highlight, sorry, in your surfing and then finding and thinking through what's the solution to that problem. So sometimes that experience of knowing the fix may take time or talking to other surfers. Consider what your excuses are. Ask another surfer and see if they feel the same. If not, find out why. Ask a more experienced surfer and the same thing again. Ask them why. Start trying to understand if your complaints are justified or just excuses. You can always take part in our training programs, which is designed to teach the solutions to problems average surfers face, and we introduce solutions to them. If you've already become aware of some of the issues in your surfing, technique, style, and you see conditions at the beach that may help work on that, then I want you to motivate yourself to go and work on that one thing right then and there. So this next section is all about finding bad surf to work on and how you can use it so that if you've identified the issues in your surfing, what next? I want you to use those conditions, whether they're bad, sloppy, messy, weak, whatever it is, I want you to use those conditions knowing success is limited and not guaranteed. You're going in with a low expectation. Do it because it's a great opportunity to get instant feedback on how you're going with those issues in your surfing. Don't look at it as, I'm going to go out and rip and this is going to be so fun. Just look at it, this is an opportunity to work on something. 
So then if we flip it and we stop talking about bad conditions and we start considering good conditions, there's a problem with them. And this doesn't happen all the time. There's a lot of things about good conditions that are great, but they can stagnate your surfing. And good conditions can sometimes feel like band-aid solutions. They make everything easier, but they don't solve the problems in your surfing. They don't highlight what's wrong. If your bottom turn sucks, your cutback sucks, or you're struggling with something else in your surfing, you can generally get away with crappy versions of them in good conditions without it being obvious that there's a problem. You feel something, so therefore it must be okay. And a lot of that comes down to understanding and knowledge, and that's not to make you feel bad. If you know the fix, good conditions are amazing to work on things in your surfing. They make it easier to try and understand that feeling and work on it. There's less variables to the whole situation. If you don't know the fix, surfing only in good conditions is going to contribute to you stagnating. You're not going to have that frustration that pushes you forwards. It comes back to you can't learn if you can't fail. And if you can't do it well in good conditions, then you won't be doing it good anytime. If you go and surf bad conditions, get frustrated and try to identify the problem, you can now work on it in both conditions. And that's the key. So instead of summarizing this one, I want to add something in before there. And that's the complaints I made personally to Clayton when I first met him about 10 years ago in this exact situation. It explains how your excuses are not valid. So before I became a surf coach, about 10 years ago, I was working with our head coach, Clayton, and I wanted him to improve my surfing. We went and surfed a not-so-crowded local Gold Coast beach break. It was crap, messy, small, with me struggling on a shortboard for speed. Clay sat on the beach filming me and coaching me. After I came in, we spoke. He grilled me, and I responded back with a smart comment saying the waves were terrible. What's the point? Clay, deadpan, looked me in the eye and said, you're only as good as you surf bad conditions. To me, this was a gut punch. I knew it straight away, I was making excuses, and then I had to trudge up on the beach in silence for being smart. I still hadn't had that experience of fully watching my surfing on video, and I still had an ego. I was looking at things the wrong way. And this was one of those pivotal moments in my surfing in that my excuses meant nothing. It was all about my perspective and that I had a lot of high issues that were being highlighted in bad surf. This experience has stuck with me ever since and it's why I love teaching it. It's a game changer and instead of running from negatives, we could be running towards positives. It's something I love to teach surfers and when I end up working with surfers and I see this one problem, I get like a little joy in knowing that I'm going to change their world or that I'm going to dump this on them and see how they respond. It's really fun for me, obviously not so fun for the student, but it's all about finding small wins, working on things that we want to improve, but ensure that we set no expectations. Anything in that session that includes trying to do one thing we want to try is a win. And that's exciting. So that's how we should be viewing small waves and obviously take into account size. Don't need to go out and work on things that are outside of what you're comfortable in. But within that size range of what you're comfortable surfing, 
Start viewing bad waves as a chance to identify what you want to improve on. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you want to improve your surfing. So surfing bad waves is a very quick way to start understanding what's wrong, what's working and what's not. What can you improve on? So in summary for this episode, if the surf sucks and it's unmotivating, observe it at least and try to watch what other surfers do. Learn from them. See what they're doing. Why are they catching waves and you're not? Or why are they getting speed? Why are they doing turns? Why are they riding them for longer? Whatever you're doing. If you get in and it's frustrating and a struggle, use this as a pattern interrupter and tell yourself, you're only as good as you surf bad conditions. What is this highlighting in my surfing? What is the fix or solution to that issue? What are more advanced surfers doing? And then try it lower the expectations and remember any small win is then exciting. If you already have the solution to the problem, then bad conditions will inflate that issue and make it bigger. That frustration may be the light bulb moment you need to understand and work on that solution. Metaphorically, it could be the slap in the face you need. After you've identified an issue, go feel the difference between good and bad surf, trying to be aware of how it feels different or what you are noticing more or less. Again, this is all about using what's in front of you. Bad waves are an opportunity, so take advantage of them. Don't use that as a way to be like, nah, I'm not gonna surf today. Find ways for it to be fun or find ways to take advantage of them, how you can improve so that you don't end up just surfing only one type of wave and you're stagnant. Surfing only one thing for the rest of your life will only work on that one thing. It's like only ever going frontside, you've never gone backside. So you need to work on both. So in wrapping this episode up, is this something that you're gonna try? Are you gonna look at bad conditions differently? Small waves, bigger waves, junky, mushy, weak, whatever it is. Or is this the standard of what you surf? I know there's quite a few people that surf places like Sweden and that's all they get. I'd love to know, you can always get in touch, info at onby.co, email us, Contact us through the new community platform or however else you're getting in touch with on me. I'd love to know if this is something that changes the way you view small waves, weak waves, bad waves, whatever it is. Or if this is you where you think, yep, that's me. All I do is want to surf, need a waist high, perfect peelers, but I love it. And I'm with you. I love it just as much, but I do just love a junky surf as well every now and then just to try and work on something once again. If you've been enjoying these podcasts, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review wherever you're listening to them or if you wanted to share them with a friend. I enjoy making these podcasts and I want to keep including topics that the community want. So if you ever want to get in touch, collaborate, do a community feature, share a story that can help the rest of the community or just get in touch to give a topic, then you could head to onbi.co forward slash in-depth a surfing podcast and you can Scroll down to the bottom and hit the form there. Next week, getting back into the rhythm of recording these podcasts, I'm going to start talking about managing fear, dealing with bigger surf and things that you can do. And then the following week, I want to add in things about how to fall, what you can do to really just let go. So the next two weeks are all about bigger surf and also just how to fall, letting go of the stress, the tension, things like that. So 
These are really exciting topics for me, especially considering Australia is coming into winter, which means bigger surf for some people in the Southern Hemisphere. But for those in the North, they're coming into warmer summer climate, which I also love. So, but until then, I'll see you next time.